Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gridcoin Fireside here on the Gridcoin Discord server. Today is the 26th of February of 2021. What a day. What a day to be alive, eh? Today we're going to be uh, talking about Gridcoin at sort of a base level as there are a few people new to the currency because of the Minecraft at home poll. Uh, we're we're going to introduce it to you a little bit. Tell you all about this fun stuff. Uh, I'm your host, Jerry Ringo. We got a whole bunch of people here in the chat who join us every Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern uh, where they ask questions and yell at me and, and say my jokes aren't funny. And what did I rhyme with? What did I say? Something. Oh, wow. Great. Thank you. Helpful. <laughs> so, so for those folks, uh, well, first about the Minecraft at home poll, uh, real quick update on the numbers. It's at uh, 118 votes for yes, 92 for no, nine abstentions. That's 219 total. We have 59.71% of the weight for yes, 27-ish percent for no, and 13% abstaining. Uh, we're at an AVW of 14%. That AVW needs to hit 40% if this is going to be a valid poll option. So if you haven't voted do vote if you want this to be validated. So if you're thinking, yes, you want this to happen, but you see the yes is winning, so you're not voting, you still need to vote for the yeses to win. Um, that The reason for AVW, uh, for there even being a, an AVW threshold, is we don't want polls to be able to just sort of get made and get passed and, and then be sort of actionable unless there's like an actual interest from the network. So that AVW basically means the amount of coins that are active during the duration of the poll. I think I, I freaking built the thing. I should remember it. Uh, coins active or weight active during the duration of the poll is the weight that matters so that uh, whales, as long as they're not active, don't necessarily need to vote. However, it does look like we're going to need some whales to pass this poll. And if the whales don't vote, we're going to have to re-examine what AVW represents and how to validate polls because we need to move forward if whales have decided to not even participate in polls at this point. So that said, in the past, whales generally do vote uh, in the last couple days and they have validated whatever option is winning. They just vote on. So that's a really great thing. I don't mean to sound like I hate whales. I, I hate that they haven't done some things, but we actually have some of the best whales in crypto. Um, but, but for the record, I do not hate whales. I hate. That's fair. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. So uh, do vote if you haven't voted. The poll ends on March something eighth, I think. March. I'll say March sixth because that's safer. Because I don't know exactly when it ends. Oh, there's nine point eight eight days left to vote since this Friday. So seven, eight, nine. So on the February seventh or eighth is when it ends. Um, server meeting goblin until he puts on push to talk. That said, let's talk about crypto. So for those who don't know, I am also very active in the library community. Uh, I am actually the, the head of their foundation. And I think that library is actually an easier way to get introduced to cryptocurrency than through Gridcoin. So I'm going to explain library really quick. Library is a protocol that runs on a blockchain, just like Gridcoin. And it's used like BitTorrent. So it's used for as a as a tool for people to update i got you goblin for for people to upload videos oh, god damn it put on push talk to upload videos and then share those videos with people and it's an uncensorable network so content can't be taken down that's so it's just like the internet man it's just a protocol that people can access and do stuff with uh their incentives are just run through proof of work that's it so that proof of work means securing that ledger of, um, it's a little more complex than this, but it, that proof of work basically secures the ledger that uh, that maintains all, all the people's videos. Right? So people know where the videos that people other people upload are and can access them when they want to. With Gridcoin, we use a similar consensus protocol to secure that ledger. Uh, that ledger doesn't hold people's videos on it, but it holds trans transactions of Gridcoin. And people secure it through proof of stake. And that means that they create a block and they get a reward for it. That's all you need to know for now. The interesting part of Gridcoin is that secondary incentive structure. So library has this utility where people upload videos, but no second incentive structure. The only incentive, the only 
incentive they have is for securing the blockchain. Gridcoin has securing the blockchain incentives and uh, crunching boink incentives. So if Minecraft at home gets whitelisted, you'll be able to crunch Minecraft at home and get GRC for it uh, without having to buy the GRC. As long as you set up your wallet right, if you want help setting up, please come into the Discord and help and stuff, or and ask for help. And more than a few people will help you out. Uh, so that that's straightforward what it is. You do boink, you get Gridcoin. Gridcoin that can then be sold uh, on exchanges, which I don't know. Should we get on more? Who knows? No. <laughs> Gridcoin can be sold on exchanges for Bitcoin or for fiat. And uh, then you can use it to buy bread, etc. In the future, you'll probably be able to just use your Gridcoin to buy the bread, but we're not there yet. Uh, that's the base technology of it. That was a very quick crash course because I didn't plan on doing this. We just couldn't think of a topic. So it's just like, hey, let's talk about what it is. Yeah, can I? So, <laughs> Go for it. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Uh, I'm so glad nobody scheduled a last minute meeting with Amanda. Man, I should get on. Okay, so um, the um, I just wanted to add that um, uh, I've been seeing this a lot in different trading uh, uh, chats in, in Gridcoin the last couple of weeks. So I just kind of wanted to uh, vocalize this as like, um, a lot of people keep mentioning, you know, we got to get it more on, on on more exchanges and such, and and then that's not wrong, right? We we do want to be on like uh, we want to focus and get on a couple, right? Core core ones, but I do just want to point out a lot of people don't know this is the amount of money and expenses and difficulty there is, um, and and effort there is to be on an exchange, right? Some of the larger exchanges you can Google this. Some of this is all publicly available. Um, some larger exchanges that people, because people are always like, oh, get on Coinbase or get on Binance or something. And it's like, we're talking tens of thousands to potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of expenses to be on that uh, so, exchange. So just I'm just throwing that out there because like I know a lot of that comes up and I know that's usually a comment people make. Um, so there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. Um, so not just time and energy, but actually like cost. So, so I, look, I'm not a big fan of, getting gridcoin listed on more exchanges just to incur just to encourage more quote-unquote investor speculation on the coin to me that's stupid okay and you know we, we it's, it's almost like people are reversing cause and effect with the exchanges right let's go list gridcoin on more exchanges to pump up you know basically what is it effectively a speculative bubble on our coin while ignoring the fundamentals that need to be done to support a real economic, real economic flows with the coin, of which exchanges are only a part. They're, they, they're an important part, but by no means the only part. And it's like I get so sick of watching these discussions on Discord and all people talk about is the ex you know getting listed on the exchange. Meanwhile, so many other things need to be done, right? We need to stop focusing so much on the exchanges and focus on fundamentals right focus on the marketing to science focus on building the technical infrastructure around the coin you know the, at some point it will become natural to list on a major major exchange because we're ready for it right now we're not ready we're just not yeah, I mean, yeah that's, no, that's my viewpoint so nope, sorry about that um yeah no and I, and I agree i think the only the amount of exchanges we need to be on is effectively just equivalent to making sure that People who want to come, and again, like there's people who just want to do crunching and want a few thousand coins. We need to be on enough exchanges to make sure that it's it's easy for members of the community to get it when needed, and not just necessarily do like PayPal transactions in between each other. Yep. Anything beyond that, again, like if we were on Coinbase, our realistically the value of the coin would probably go up to like five six cents overnight realistically just just sheer trading back and forth it, it's a is it a guarantee no is it a possibility definitely 100 it's a possibility right but like again all of the money we currently have in our in our uh i wish i the name like in the foundation that should definitely be put towards development funding and not just propping up like uh you know going on exchanges so no i, I agree with you jim but i i do the one caveat is it definitely needs to be in enough places so that because everyone's like, hey, how do I get it? I'm new. And it was like, go to South Exchange. Well, South Exchange, is, it's, a, it's a good one. And it definitely is uh, consolidated for where all grid coiners go to get it. Um, it doesn't take initial fiat. So you have to go to one exchange, get some get some like Bitcoin or something, transfer it to South Exchange, then get your grid coin, then transfer it off. So like, I'd love so it if there was like one I more. Think, but... I don't think Bittrex, which was uh, the other, the, the major one we were on, also allowed direct to fiat either, if I remember. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I'm not sure. That's the only way I was able to I think the only one that the only one that, that 
that I can think of that really do, does is the one everyone knows about, which is Coinbase. And I'm talking about truly direct to fiat, like you put your credit card in. And, Gemini, there's a bunch now, but we're not going to yeah. get on those. And they, it doesn't matter. Buy Bitcoin and then buy Gridcoin. It's not a big yeah. deal. No, I know. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that because I think, Jim, you've been seeing the same thing I have in the last like two weeks, which is the trading and uh and some of the other chats in in discord are all about the 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 um oh like the bubble's starting to increase and as soon as the bubble starts increasing for the other coins everyone wants to know how to grab it right and it's it's like okay where do i grab more where do i grab more and it's and it's what 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 exchanges are we on and it's um and it's like if you need to and this and this is true with me i've been trying to get to like a hundred thousand for a while and i stopped crunching because i've been like moving and I'm like, you know, I was like, I just want to buy some. And I ended up being like, oh, crud, I can't get it on South Exchange. I ended up just buying through like PayPal through a couple of people I know um, on the Discord. But um, that's that's the that's the amount of accessibility I would want. But but for anyone who's asking a lot about it, I just want to be very clear. It's not that easy. There's a lot of exp a lot of expense. Some of the like the top one or two exchanges that people talk about are like everything I can find tout hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of expenses to be on it. Right. I mean, it, so the, it's excessive. The, the exchanges we would want to get on are not pay for listing. I'm talking about Coinbase, Gemini, the legit exchanges that are really good, but they only list legitimate entities. They're not going to list some dinky little coins. So Jim's right. We got to do the fundamentals. We got to get the coin in good standing, market it, make some partnerships, make a nonprofit, do all that stuff, establish a way to continue funding. That's literally one of the things they all ask for. How are you going to continue funding development? Uh, and there's a couple other things we got to do. If anyone wants to learn more about what exchanges ask for, Coinbase has a really good page where they put they out their whole, requirements. They have, they have a whole uh, document yeah. that talks about their requirements, and there are many things that we there are many things we meet, and there are many things that we don't meet. Yeah, right? and, and it's a, yeah, like we can and probably will meet them if we succeed. Like they're not impossible tasks. But there, that list, that document is a great document. Most exchanges probably follow that document. That, but my point is that I've I've seen in, in many instances, you know, comments on the on Discord and in other places like, well, you know, what are the devs doing? You know, they should get everyone, they should get Gridcoin listed on a major exchange. You know, that's go, that's putting the cart before the horse, and you're going directly from first base to home plate without crossing through the other things we have to do. There's a lot of things the entire community has to do before we can go and do that. And you know, we can't just go directly to Coinbase and say, well, we want to be listed on, on Coinbase. We've got to do the things that Jay Ringo's talking about to get there. And by the way, this is not something the core devs by themselves can do. It's, it's, it's got to be a holistic group effort by the entire community to get us where we need to go to a point where we can do a major. Yeah, because again, right. remember, there's there's the monetary, there's the legitimacy, and then there's the time and energy that a group needs to put in to say, you have a wallet, and if that if that exchange needs to call someone and say, hey, the wallet's down, or is there a patch or something, we need to have pretty much a dedicated team of people to respond to them and know that we're active and know that we're patching and we're and we're there if something happens. So there is there is legitimacy. There's time and expense sometimes. Sometimes there's time. Uh, sometimes there's expense. But the biggest one is also time, right? So you know. So here's here's where we can go with what you just said, actually. So Gridcoin for folks who are new uh, is in a permissionless system. It's a um, open source set of software uh, that runs this blockchain tech. It's really fancy and fun. But the the main thing is anyone can make an entity that supports the development of the software. And what Goblin was just talking about requires an entity. No legitimate exchange, at least it's going to be very difficult for a legitimate exchange uh, to go to an open source community and be like, yeah, we trust that you know when something breaks, we'll have a contact we can talk to about this. Most of the coins listed there will have like the 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 um, the library foundation, the library Inc team, the um, oh who's who's the fun one, the Algo Foundation. You know, they'll have their coin, which is an open source set of software, and then they'll have a nonprofit or an actual corporation working to develop the software and acting as that contact for major partnerships uh, like exchanges or universities or institutions, if you want to go that route, uh, that sort of thing. So we got to get there. But to get there, we need to continue to develop the code. And I think actually, uh, speaking of developing the code, there's an update scheduled now. Was there recently a block height for the next mandatory? put out uh i haven't put it out publicly yet but yeah it's gonna be uh, i mean if we think uh i'll go ahead and and say uh 
I think it, we're close enough to say well, Hilda is probably going to be released this weekend. Oh, cool. So, cool, cool, cool. So unless something comes up in testing that we just can't solve, uh, looks like a weekend release. And then the, uh, the mandatory block height that's going to be associated with Hilda, which is going to be largely transparent to most people, but this is where the newbie folks that are having trouble will actually begin to be able to actually get paid like they're supposed to. That, will, that block height will be two weeks from Sunday. So that would be two 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 one nine seven zero zero zero. So that might change if we have to delay the re- release for some reason, but that's that's the current number. So uh, we're we're about to get out of the uh, the the newbie bug. I'm Sweet. Of the newbie bug. <laughs> I bet, man. Um, I, I should point out something about the uh, exchanges, which is that a couple of things. A lot of the reason we're seeing a lot of people posting is because there's a massive bubble happening right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. love by Gridcoin. I mean, <laughs> <love> by Bitcoin. <laughs> no, well, every, everyone, everyone's looking for the new, like, oh, what's cheap that might pop, well, right? Everyone's looking for that. Well, that that plus, I mean, we saw very similar things happen three and a half years ago, uh, which is when I started getting involved in, uh, and I first heard about it. Uh, and the reality is that after the first crash, after late 2017, early 18, early 2018, or after the crash, not the first. Um, a lot of people that were, a lot of activity dropped. A lot of activity just totally plummeted the coin in terms of like people posting on, on Steemit and Discord and so forth. And a lot of people left and now we're seeing another bubble and a lot of people, a lot of people are flowing in, uh, which is good. And a lot of them are going to stick around. But the reality is um, a lot of them aren't still going to be here after this current bubble also crashes. Um, and so uh, I think we should keep in mind that we, we shouldn't get like too like, maybe stressed or, you know, um, caught up in the hype uh, regarding, you know, getting onto exchanges. Despite the fact, and, and I should say, I, I completely agree with what Jim was saying earlier. It's really all about the fun. A lot of us have been focusing really on the fundamentals of the coin and what makes the coin work rather than just trying to get onto it. Um, and so uh, I just uh, want to say that we will, assuming we continue going in our current path, we will eventually get onto very very good exchanges primarily due to the efforts of jim and sai sai because they completely rewrote the entire coin without them we would be nowhere um and so uh i do think that we will eventually if we continue along the path we're currently on we will eventually get onto very big and we will do very very well but i think we, we don't we are not dogecoin we are not a meme coin right we are based we have fundamental value that we can to the world and we can uh convince people to buy it because of that fundamental value not because it's a bubble Right, but because we actually have something. Well, so I'll say two things here. We'll, we'll, we can convince people to buy it because we're going to develop true utility for the coin, which is people are going to want to interact with the blockchain, with the ledger to do something fun. Not because they're, they're, they think that the value is going to go up over time, but because they want to stake by themselves. They want to perform MRC transactions. They want to stake in order to support a science proposal. They want to stake in order to support a boost in magnitude on a project, something on, a, on an approved Boink project, something like that, where having Gridcoin means that you can participate in the network. That's what we're building. That's a lot of what's on the... Um, I don't want to say roadmap, but essentially like the wish list for what we want to develop. And this, the second thing I'll say is uh, for the community generally, just stop listening to these guys. They're going to come in because it is a bubble. It's starting to go up a little bit. Uh, I, I've experienced a couple of these bubbles. The same thing happens every time. Goes up, goes down. People come, people leave. Just don't get caught up in the hype. And if people keep saying that they want exchanges, just say, cool, go do it. And let them go see how hard it is. Right, you go, you go, you go do the application. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're welcome to. It's a permissionless set of software. They they can do yeah. whatever they want with it. But we're not. We don't need to focus on it. We don't need to get upset by it or or really spend any energy on it because it's just not worth it. These guys. Are, I, well, that's that, that's a really good way of putting it. The 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 long term community, long time community members, the community members that are in the know, know that we have to work on fundamentals and that we have to sort of put aside the noise that is right and then we got to focus on the longer term objectives and fundamentals so uh, yeah so let's let's talk about that right now actually we got some time said what gridcoin is and let's direct this towards like new people who are maybe coming in because of the minecraft poll uh so gridcoin is this this cryptocurrency that you're you're rewarded with for crunching approved blank projects and perhaps soon folding at home so we can really build this thing out to incentivize anything uh and it is 
Well, what do we want to do to it in the future? I mentioned MRC, so that would make it so you don't need to stake in order to get your earned research rewards. Uh, I mentioned maybe weighted magnitude. Do we want to talk about that a little bit? I know Chocolate sure. does, because he always does. Well, I, I weighted magnitude. It's the total opposite. I want people's rewards to be their, to their contribution, computational contribution. What we have right now are terribly weighted. Okay, so let's explain magnitude really quick. So the way we do magnitude, the way we determine, not we, the way the, the protocol determines how much GRC you get for crunching the Boink projects is we have this number and we call this, this variable called magnitude. And it is a static number split evenly across all whitelisted Boink projects. So if there's 10,000 magnitude and 10 whitelisted Boink projects, each Boink project is allocated a thousand magnitude. And then that thousand magnitude is distributed to the crunchers of that project based on their um, the credits they earn, the rack they earn on that project relative to other uh, crunchers of that same project. I think okay. I got that right. Well, let, me just, let me just explain that. Okay. So there's an equal amount of grid coin that's allocated to every project, basically. So Milky Way at Home gets the same amount as, uh, you know, World Community Grid gets the same amount as every other. And by the way, it's not the project, it's the crunchers of the projects. Uh, and then, and so uh, what happens then is your total, uh, you take the total rack of everybody crunching that project. Uh, so let's say that's like a million and you take your personal rack, which is let's say 10,000, and then you divide 10,000 by 10. So that's 1%. And then you get 1% of the amount that's allocated, whatever that project is, World Community, you know, Milky Way, whatever it is, right? So you get, you get Within a project, you get um, a proportional amount of grid coin. But between projects, there's absolutely gargantuan difference between how much you, grid coin you can get with the same amount, with the same amount of computational. So I remember a few years ago when Paragen was still posting all of these stats. Gee, I, I don't know in a while, but I, I saw some numbers that showed the exact same piece of hardware could get six times as much grid coin crunching one project as another. And that creates from from, in my opinion, a very, very bad incentive. But there's there's a problem. Well, not, not, not not necessarily. Yeah. It, de it depends upon what, and by the way, we've been round the rosy on this one for a long, many, many times. It depends upon what you're trying to incentivize. So, a, you know, to take a counterpoint to you, I, I like chocolate. And by the way, I'm not I'm not in disagreement with you in part on, on what you're trying to do. As you know, I've worked with you on a number of the, the aspects of this. But the, the, the one good aspect of the equal magnitude, uh, equal GRC per project effect is that it encourages people to flow to projects that are less competitive, right? Which, which acts to essentially equalize or try to equalize participation among the project. And so dynamically, it encourages projects that might be a little bit less popular to be not so less popular. And it, you know, so that's a good benefit of the the current system is that pride you know people will notice oh i'm not getting a very good magnitude because three thousand people are participating in rosetta maybe i need to go and participate to something that doesn't have so many people on it right and that that's essentially what the current reward system does not saying it's you know there are some downfalls to it too um the other thing is that it's the only reward system that is stable if you can't develop a candlestick metric to measure actual compute computational production, right? Said a different way, as you just pointed out too, one project's credits are not remotely similar to another project's credits in terms of real computational power. So you, you know, until you can come up with a, a yardstick to be able to measure all that properly to a common standard, you can't equate one project's credits to another project's credits. And so the only measurement system that you can use if if you can't exchange one product's, cr product's credits for another is the system that we currently have. Right, and, and, and the, hold on, Chocolate, hold on, hold on. And, and the reason for this is because it's distributed computing. Like the right. Boink has been trying to do a, there's a reason credits are so different between projects. Boink's been sol or, or working with this problem for over, two decades at this point. 20 years. Yep. So it, there's, there's no easy solution and different projects have different applications that work better or worse on different hardware, CPUs versus GPUs versus yeah. parallel well, versus whatever. About, well, you know, Boink has these cobblestone things, which is what the credits used to be called if you're an old timer like me. 
And then, and then they, they have these benchmarks that they would run, which are basically floating point operations per second flops. But the problem is a flop is not a flop. Okay. That's to be glib about it. A flop is not a flop. It, 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 it varies how fast processors and GPUs work on things varies wildly depending upon the way the application's written, what it's doing, you know, all sorts of different things that have, so it, it's hard to, it's hard to take, you know, for example, Rosetta, which is doing, you know, energy calculations on molecules, uh, you know, organic molecules to see, you know, to play games with folding stuff versus, you know, what Prime Grid is doing when, you know, Prime Grid at one time was whitelisted, you know, they're, they're co computing prime number stuff. Those two algorithms are very, very difficult to equate in terms of computational speed. And so it, this becomes an, it's a much more difficult exercise than it sounds like on the surface. You can't just create some arbitrary yardstick and say, well, you know, that's what it is. Right? But if, and what Chocolate's going to propose in a second here, is if there was a way to, to actually equate measurement, uh, to actually measure stuff, whether you make a benchmark table or whatever he's about to say, that would be really interesting. It would solve a pretty long-standing problem, and I think a lot of people would be interested in exploring how we could build a new magnitude system off of that. So, yeah. chocolate, go. So there, there was a, a lot that was just thrown out there. Um, so, uh, yeah. So for a bit of context for people who are might be not familiar. Um, pro projects are able to reward as much or as little or as few uh, credits for any computational task that they want. It's totally arbitrary. Ideally, they're they're based in reality uh, or like they're based in some kind of standardization. But technically, they can do whatever they want, and that they can do whatever they want, and that's what enables. Uh, that's what makes it difficult to compare credits from one project to another. Um, now, before I get into what what Jim and Jeringo were saying about standardization and the equivalence uh, between stuff, uh, I just want to point out one of the downsides of, uh, of our current system. And Jim was quite correct when he said that, the, realistically speaking, the system we have now, it was extremely simpleton. And in reality, arguably, it was the best possible system that could be implemented at the time. Because having worked on making an alternative for quite a while, it's very difficult. Uh, just to design in the first place, let alone. Uh, and so that's why we have the current system. Um, it's not like in inherently like bad or immoral or something. It's just, it can, it needs to be improved. Now, uh, one of the downsides is that, yeah, you can get like six times the amount of uh, uh, grid coin for crunching one project over another. In my opinion, this creates a, this, this is, this does create a bad incentive because I am not incentivizing for crunching smaller projects. In my opinion, people should be, incentivized to crunch projects that they fundamentally believe in. Uh, and so ideally, if you have a piece of hardware, uh, you should be able to get the same amount of grid coin crunching any project. Obviously, there are differences in how hardware is going to perform. Hardware architects substantially uh, will... That doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain? Can, can I ask a question about that? Or do you want to explain another part? Yeah, and I strongly disagree, but that's all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> which part do you disagree? So Just I think we it. have the same question. Like if I have a piece of hardware that's insanely inefficient at doing protein folding, but very efficient at doing collapse conjecture, should I be incentivized to waste all that power on protein folding because that's the one I believe in? No. Uh, so as I literally, I actually answered your question before you asked it. I said yeah, Jerry, go. different hardware oh. architectures. In fact, you cut me up as I was explaining. <laughs> different, hard, different hardware architectures are going to perform differently on projects and there's going to be an applica different applications and there's going to be nothing that we can do about that. And so there are going to be inherent differences between how some uh, how some uh, uh, hardware performer on some projects versus another. And so there's always going to be an inherent incentive to crunch projects on which your hardware is more efficient. And I've said that multiple times in those uh, posts, articles, papers, whatever you want to call it, I published on, on Steam. And I, I pointed that out very um What I'm uh, saying is that the current differences where you have something like six to one is kind of, is, is, is a bit much. Right, you can have it can be a realistic ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent more for crunching one project or another. But having six hundred percent is a bit, in my opinion, is is, is very excessive. Right, uh, and so when and again when when I look at Gridcoin, I'm saying like, what do we want to achieve as a community? I think that we want to encourage people to be uh, interact with science and be interested in science, not only to be guided by how much Gridcoin they can make. 
right? And so if you have a, um, if you're approximately going to get the same amount of good coin for crunching project A versus project B, then the, the, the tiebreaker, so to speak, is going to be how much do you actually leave in the, the goal of that project? How much interested, how interested are you in? So I think I think I think you're you know we've been through this before I like talking I think your your suggestion has merit as long as you make that claim for the same exact architecture you're using and I'm I'm being very specific here like if you're using a uh, Intel i7 7700 CPU that particular CPU should get the same grid coin on project A versus project B as long as it's a CPU class project. That doesn't mean that you're going to get the same as if you upgraded to an i9, uh, you know, 9980 or whatever, you know, high end uh, CPU that has more horsepower. Or conversely, that you d go decide to crunch with your with your, you know, 3090 on a GPU class uh, project. You know, that's going to be a different amount of GRC. I, and and, and yeah. it's very important that that distinction be made because I do not believe in turning this into effectively paying GRC for how much power is consumed. And, and by the way, if you go down that road where no matter what hardware you're using, whether it's GPU, CPU, or whatever, you're going to get equal GRC. Effectively, what that means is you're measuring the amount of power that's being consumed, and you're going to pay people based on power consumption. And I don't agree with that. Yeah, and it's not about work. It's not about work. At that point, it's not about work about contribution. I, it's about I have I have made like a lot of proposals. I have never suggested at any time. No, but I think that's what Jay Ringo was thinking. And so I'm clarifying okay. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm suggesting very I think, much. I think, and I think we have to be careful. I don't want, for example, I don't want to also be in a situation where you've got a, a mixed set of, you know, you've got a project that's got mixed GPU and CPU contributions. I don't want to also get into a situation where we're paying someone that's contributing on a, with a CPU the same GRC for the same amount of time as someone that's contributing with a 3090 GPU who's actually doing 15 times the amount of work, right, in terms of production. Right. So, so a couple of things about the more refined point you made and the more the point that you think Jay Bingo was making. To be clear, I have I have gone you, and anyone can read the post I wrote about this. I made very very clear that the problem Jim just described does not happen ever. More powerful hardware is going to get more rewards. Period. Uh, this is it, the, the the okay. The, this is the simplest way to describe it. The principle behind the proposal I'm making is that we treat Gridcoin as a massive, and then your the Gridcoin that you get from the system is proportional to your con computational contribution to that system. It's not perfect, but it's a it's it's as close as we can get. Yeah. You know, theoretically. Yeah. Right? Um, so I just want to make clear that what Jim was saying about the, you know, I7, you know, 7200 versus the I9, 9900, or whatever it is, that is not an issue. More powerful hardware will receive more Bitcoin under what I'm suggesting. Regarding what Jim is suggesting within within a project, CPUs versus GPU, uh, um, the reality is that uh, this depends entirely on how that project awards credits, CPU uh, application, and uh, that uh, within our current system, uh, what I'm suggesting does not make the situation worse in that regard, right? Because in our current system, if if, if what Jim is describing is a problem in, regard, in terms of disproportionate work units, blah, 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 uh, this disproportionate credits for different applications within a project, that's a problem right now. Yeah. And it might, it may, I don't think it's going to be more of a problem in my under my proposal. Yeah. You know what the problem is, so your proposal, I like chocolate, right? And we've talked about this too. It's not what you're describing is your equal equalization matrix, right? Which is both very, the equalization matrix has to be computed as it's a, it's on the order of the number of projects times the number of different architectures. And by that, I, I'm not talking about x86 versus ARM. I'm talking about the CPU type, CPU or GPU, right? And, and so there's, that's a very, you know, we've got, and it's really the applications on the project, right? So you've really got, each project has anywhere from three to like up to 10 applications each. And you've got what, 16 projects. So the, pro the problem is, and you've got hundreds of CPUs and, you know, 50 or more GPUs. So you're talking about a very large matrix. And then the other challenge that we have is the ability of people to spoof hardware. 
And that's probably the most dangerous situation is that we can't, with the current infrastructure, we cannot guarantee that someone is not making their hardware look like some other hardware. That's, that's the, the that's going to require a change to Boink infrastructure, quite frankly, to fix. Right. So, so a couple of things regarding the uh, amount of data. So the amount of data, so we've looked at this. So first of all, um, I think we concluded that we cannot uh, break down projects into their different applications. Uh, and so we have to look at the rack for an entire project. Uh, and that's just because we cannot get the the information from different applications. We did that uh, probably well over a year. Well, it's just not it's just not available right now. It's just not available. So that's, that's so that that takes care of that issue regarding the amount of data. So yeah, so we're talking about you know on the order of you know tens of projects versus uh, the on the order of uh, a couple of thousand pieces of uh, hardware. So we're talking about you know maximum let's say forty thousand entries in a matrix. Uh, if every entry is, you know, uh, let's say it's, you know, four bytes, we're talking about 160,000 bytes, uh, or that's 100 kilobytes. That's not a lot of memory. That's not, that's, that, that can easily be computed very, very quickly. Um, it's not the size of the matrix, it's the computation of it. The computation, so I, so I looked at it. Um, I remembered I did the comp, it's like the computation is, I think it was O of N. It wasn't. It was not like a. It, this was not like matrix matrix multiplication, yeah. uh, which actually nowadays is actually like you know oh to of two to the three point or whatever. Um, it, it was it was a linear operation and it. No, was, no, no. You're missing my point. I, it's not the actual computation of the matrix. This is it's an issue. It's the it's the source data that has to be processed to actually compose the matrix computation is the problem, right? Because you you know to actually get to the point where you can construct the matrix to actually do the computation requires that you do a lot of measurements, right? You have, there's a lot of statistics that you have to chew through to get there. And remember, we're also operating under a consensus algorithm where, you know, we've got scrapers that have to, remember, they have to agree on what this matrix is, right? Because when it becomes part of the calculation, the, the matrix, the scrapers have to agree on as well as the t statistics that are, that's being fed into it. And that actually is the most challenging because the the way the scrapers actually work is they depend upon the the statistics are only updated every so often on these sites and so it's effectively the beauty the magic behind the scrapers is across all the projects that exist since the projects are only some projects only update their stats once a day some update them three times a day sometimes up, someone update, updates them whatever four times a day six times but the beautiful thing about it is is because they only update them periodically even with all the projects merged together, there is a defined state where either the one, all the stats across all the projects haven't changed or some did, one did. And so that what's happening is the scrapers are sampling fast enough compared to the rate of change of those statistics that the scrapers can all agree on a specific state that the stats are in before the, the state changes. And so that gives the opportunities for the scrapers to agree on a snapshot of the statistics. If, if, however, you're dealing with information that's a little bit more nebulous and a little bit more fluid, it's very difficult to achieve convergence on a state that slides through your fingers every time you're sampling it. So that's, that's a big challenge is to, is to make sure that we can, we can sample the data and compute the matrix in such a way that it will be, uh, deterministic in the sense that the scrapers can all be converged on. I hope that makes sense. This is getting really deep, but it's yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely understand. I hope, I'm hoping other people understand. I mean, we've, we've I don't want, I don't want to get into this game where we have to centralize the computation of the matrix. Well, no, uh, when you say you don't want to centralize, can you be a bit more specific? I don't want to have a server that computes M, which then the scrapers use because that sort, sort of renders moot this whole thing that we've tried to do which is to avoid centralization of the statistics right okay so i'll so i'll answer that um and i'll, I'll also I'll, uh, I'll answer all of the points you just made and do the last point you made prior to this uh which was the collecting the the, the data so basically the proposal i made which i won't get into just uh, if you understand it it's basically we treat gridcoin as a massive supercomputer we give people gridcoin proportional to their contribution um, one of the major issues with it, and we encountered this snag maybe maybe a year and a half ago at this, it was a while ago, uh, which is that it's very, because of uh, the Boink source code, uh, we, and potentially for other reasons, I, I'm not a hacker, I don't really know that much about this. It's very difficult to know whether people are being honest about what hardware they actually have. And That's that right. can strongly affect 
um, uh, if enough people are faking it, can strongly affect uh, the, the, the data that we collect in order to make the normalization right between all of this hardware. And someone who's clever enough, and, and frankly, it's like, if you're good enough at math, you can, you can figure out how to mess with it. Um, so basically, uh, um, I came up with, this was a while ago, but I came up with a proposal that was a bit, it was a bit complex. It was kind of based in game theory. And I don't think that that's realistic. Uh, although it was super cool. Uh, I don't think it was realistic, um, in terms of like how to get people to be honest and incentivize them to be honest. Um, uh, and so basically the conclusion that I've been coming to recently, and, and I think Jim mentioned this. The, the way that we would implement this in reality is we uh, set up a Boink project. We don't want to have one server, which is which is um, what Jim is concerned about, I think. But we can have a distributed set of servers that uh, send out work units to uh, uh, everybody who crunches on Gridcoin network. And in order to get rewarded for Gridcoin, you would have to crunch this project. It could be a couple of seconds a day. It's very, very small. But basically, you just have, you benchmark we set up our own benchmarking process and we say, sort an array, do matrix multiplication, do something else, you know, run this really small neural network. That's like a half a cent to run or something. Let's get some statistics that we build from that. And then from that, we come up with a normalization for the Gridcoin network. Um, and that's how we reward it. Now, uh, I should point out that there were a lot of benefits to the proposal I made that go beyond simply normalizing rewards. Um, we, uh, first of all, when we do this, we can, it, it will enable us to scale a lot larger than where we are right now. It's it's not really realistic to have like let's say a hundred thousand more people Bitcoin, which is not unrealistic because Boink has hundreds of thousands of um, and uh, um, computing power is only becoming more uh, available. Um, we uh, um, uh, we have a computing power array, and so we can basically uh, bring people in, and uh, we cannot have. In a situation where people are getting a hundred times more for crunching Kalat's conjecture than for World Community Grid, right? Because World Community Grid is probably going to be a lot more popular than Kalat's conjecture for legitimately good reason. Um, we need to be able to scale properly, and and we cannot do that under our current uh, reward mechanism. Uh, the proposal that I came up with solves that problem. Another uh, issue is that we can um, build a, a hardware profiling database, which in and of itself actually has very valuable data and will actually bring in a lot of people uh, into Gridcoin. And in fact, frankly, I could imagine AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA becoming very, very interested in how their hardware performs in all these different kinds of computational tasks, You know, having very specific fine-grained data on that. And so we could actually get uh, support from them uh, in terms of you know, open source development, um, we can create. Um, so the, my proposal also comes up with a way. Uh, the amount of Bitcoin it can can approximately be related to the amount of energy that's. Con um, it's not a one to one by any stretch of the imagination, but we can set up a, an exchange where we yeah. grid coin for green energy token. And actually, I agree, but I I go back to what I said earlier. I think we have to be careful with that because unless you know, I just used to read the ad absurdum example, right? But the, the ad absurdum example is someone that uses a, a hamster wheel to do computation with a 600 horsepower motor attached to it and uses a lot of energy, but gets nothing done versus someone that has the most efficient computer imaginable that got, gets lots of computation done, with, but uses very little energy. I think we have to be very, very careful about equating energy consumption with actual computational contribution. Right. And so I, I, I want to be clear that my proposal also always rewards more computational contribution. Like it, it's way, uh, well, first of all, if those two things, the hamster wheel and the, the super efficient computer, if they produce the same amount of work computation, if they do the same amount of work, unit, they're going to get rewarded the same amount of Gridcoin, right? That's um, the way it should be, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm. That, that's how it would work under my system. I'm not saying reward the person who uses consumes more power. In fact, they're going to be getting rewarded less because they're going to be spending more money on electricity, right? And so, I want to be super, super clear that my proposal does not, under any circumstances, reward people for less efficient hardware. It rewards people for more efficient hardware. In fact, I would argue that our current system rewards people for less efficient hardware because if if you take a, a really old AMD GPU and or a, Nvidia Nvidia GPU and you start mining and you start crunching Collapse conjecture, you're going to get a lot more Gridcoin than if you crunch, you know, one of the other projects that's more popular, so, uh, right? So what's so crazy about getting the power companies to take GRC, which would encourage people to 
minimize their power consumption, so they have to pay a minimum amount of GRC to their power company. Uh, I and mean, that's if, if we got to a point, listen, like obviously we're not anywhere close to that point right now. But I mean, listen, if 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 we like, there is so much stuff that we could do um, that uh, uh, that like the the possibilities are endless. So I'm going to say this one thing, right? We need to be thinking. I'm going to put this bug in people's ear. If we want to be a real currency, right? Utility currency. We need to be thinking about closed loop economic flows. I think everybody understands what I mean by that, right? Which we've basically become effectively somewhat of an independent ecosystem, except for those connect points that we want to have with fiat. But if we can't come up with closed loop economic flows that connect the sinks to the producers at the end of the day, we're going to be forever bound to basically being connected to fiat to serve as some sort of a sink or investment sink for us, right? So right now, this coin only has basically a quarter of what it needs from an economic standpoint, because all we're basically doing is generating coins for people, okay? Yep. We got we to gotta get beyond that, guys. You got to set up the rest of the economy. We can't survive by just basically doing handouts to people forever. This is what I've been saying all along. And, and you know, whether it's it's built around, you know, what Jay Ringo's vision is, which I love this idea of, you know, become, you know, essentially come up with a new system around how to deal with scientific publications and scientific reputation and things like that. that's a wonderful idea. But we have to we have to construct a complete economic system around that. Right. Does, does that make sense to people? Otherwise, we're, we're always going to come back to the same message those dang investors want to come back to. Because if you, unless you can construct complete closed loop economic flows, you're always going to be just simply talking about speculation. It's one of the two. This, I mean, and I'm, I know, I know, I get like, I pretty much get money every time I say this out loud. But um, it's pretty much describing microgrid, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so. But like the major issue with that always came down to, I would love to implement it. I don't have the boink experience, right? Um, so we we need we yeah right. It's a yeah. <laughs> the chat's like plug, but yeah. We got enough around this place to implement microgrid. The, the the thing is, people have actually got to put in the effort to do it. I I should point out that what I'm suggesting regarding this the way to normalize, which is sending out work union crunch, right, and then we build yeah. normalization. That would be a basis for microgrid. Right. The second we have our own servers and we have our own project and sending out our own, then the possibilities from it's it's a very small step from there to like microgrid, right? Where we're actually helping um, like other instances. We're providing question on that. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Who who is we in that situation? Who owns the servers? Yeah, that's um, that's a that's so that's a very very good question. Um, I uh so regarding uh, I run a hosting company. Um, you need server space. <laughs> My I boss mean, won't find out, I promise. The problem is, no, I mean, we all know what the problem is. The problem is it has to be decentralized. It has to be community bond decentralized and accountable, right? Uh, that, that's, Let me, that's can, I, can I give a little more context to the question? So yeah. with the, the scrapers, for example, uh, they're a set of trusted community members currently, but it's designed in a way that we can add an incentive structure to that and then have people fight to become scrapers uh, because there's an incentive to doing that computationally intensive task. Uh, is there a way to do that with what you're proposing where we could maybe make a participant, add a participant to our network by having them host the server or whatever? So again, just, just in other words, the, the network participants in Gridcoin are Cruncher, Staker, and Scraper. Could we have Cruncher, Staker, Scraper, Server Hoster or something like that where it would be permissionless? I don't know. That's an interesting idea. Might be able to. I mean, can, can, basically, can we have a set of distributed servers that are running this project, where all the, I mean, all the listen, all of the source code for the project be open source. I mean, it's not you know, it's not like super valuable or anything like that, right? Um, every, in fact, every you know, we can make we can by the I mean, that's a different conversation regarding open source, but we can do a lot for open source regarding um, uh, this this system. But other, yeah, I mean, we can set up several pro. We, effectively, you just create multiple projects, right, run by independent entities, and then bind them in that way. And then yeah. independently, I mean, you know, the challenge is you're also then generating extra work units for people to have to process that are not. I mean, We're it would be nice if we could have the my, these this yardstick pro projects actually do useful work, so that you're not just doing junk 
right? For oh people. no, there has to be a, a, an approval process to get it right in. But um, but yeah. By, by the way, I'll, as an aside, I want to answer Sackpop's question. The the answer is Gridcoin is absolutely strong enough as a currency to act uh, as a real currency today. It has uh, our block uh, frequency is much faster than Bitcoin. So actually, it's you know we have about seven times the transactional capacity of Bitcoin. Um, we're not going to be a credit card uh, level, but I mean, within reason, we can we can operate today, and we're a lot better off than the prototype of our community, Bitcoin, right? So uh, there's we can actually do that part. Uh, we can't handle thousands of transactions per second. We have the same problem that every other cryptocurrency has in regards to that sort of thing. Right. So uh, I should also say regarding the work you're sending out, um, I, I'm suggesting doing something very, very complicated, cheap, of like a few seconds a day or something. Um, if Jim, the problem with the problem with what Jim suggested regarding doing a useful work is, first of all, who defines what useful work is? Um, and then second of all, right, because the work I'm suggesting is completely useless. So there's no, there's no, there's no debate about that. But um, uh, the second uh, question, uh, well, the projects uh, define what what useful work is, right? That's the whole point. Wait, what'd you say? I said the projects define what useful work is. That's oh, I'm, oh, so you're suggesting making? Well, no, well, well, hold on a second. The projects, but but if we're if we're normalizing, then uh, we're not using project like under this new normalization process. We're not suggesting. We're not. We're making our own work units that we're sending out for normalization. I know, but you still have to bridge. You still have the fundamental problem that you have to bridge it over to the projects rewards, right? And that has to be based on some common variable. So, for example, it, it you know, and by the way, CPU runtime can be spoofed on point two, as you right. So, so I'm just gonna the challenge that you have is okay. You you, be, you, you benchmark someone to a candlestick on 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 let's call it the GRC point project, right? So how do you how do you then compare that yardstick to a completion of a work unit on Project X when both the runtime and the hardware class can be spoofed, right? Hold on a second. But the no, hold on a second. When in my in my suggestion, you don't your the actual hardware that you're running is effectively when you're getting rewarded is irrelevant. It's only relevant for creating the normalization uh, actual number. Well, this the normalization. The nor how do you how do you actually relate the normalization to the actual projects? That's the challenge. The normalization simply compares, creates a, a weighting class, equivalence class between different types of CPUs and GPUs for the reference project. But that says nothing about how those how those things will actually perform on the other projects is the problem. But yeah, and, that, and that's that's 100% a real fundamental flaw in doing it this way. That's why my original, that's why my original proposal really came as close as, I, I mean, maybe it's possible to get a bit closer, but it came extremely close to actually perfectly allocating the amount of grid coin that people get uh, that, well, that, uh, relative to their actual contribution. The problem is that it's extremely easy to prove hardware. And so that's why I'm suggesting this alternative, right? Yeah. Um, the, Jim saying regarding relating our reference projects that we're using to make the normalization to actual projects, the, the only way that, only reasonable way I can think of doing that is by coming up with more, like several different uh, metrics, again, sorting an array, matrix multiplication, doing something else, you know, uh, rendering an image or something like that that can fundamentally uh, uh, represent all the different kinds of computations that can be, like different classes of computation be done, right? Which by the way, so I'm not sure if you've ever looked up like um, for this, there's a lot of this stuff for deep learning, like benchmarks, also for gaming, but I, in my context, I know a lot more about deep learning. Uh, there's all these like these deep learning benchmarks for different, like like the 39 just came out. Let's, let's, um, let's benchmark the 3090 versus the V100 deep learning and see which one's faster on which specific, uh, you know, um, with, uh, you know, neural network or something like that. Um, uh, hold on a second. Let me, um, there's all those different kinds of benchmarks and we can do a lot of those different kinds of benchmarks and try and try to get a representative, uh, approximation of, of how powerful that project is. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then that information itself, that information itself is actually quite valuable to a lot of people, even outside of Gridcoin, which I think would bring people in. So I think it's, I personally, I think it's easier and I, you, you guys know where I'm about to go, right? Cause I, I provided this suggestion before. I, I personally think it's easier as a stepping stone to, uh, enable a range of project weights 
so that, that you know, Jay Ringo, we, we actually, I actually came up with a model calculation for this a while back, and I, I don't know where the hell it is to dig it up. I think I have it somewhere. But, but, yeah. the, uh, but the idea is subject to a certain bracket, right? You, would, uh, you could assign a weight that's not equal weight, but less or more to a given project based on whether you wanted to de-emphasize or emphasize that project. And there would be restrictions on the range that would be available to prevent ridiculous situations. Here's... Here's how that would work to go off of that, because that's an interesting. One quick, one quick thing about that. So uh -huh. I explored that possibility way back, way back when I just started doing this around three years ago, which was uh, weighting projects. So people basically vote on which projects they care about the most, and then we basically weight it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can come up with the new, the neat thing about this is we can actually come up with a polling scheme to set that. Well, it's extremely easy. Well, the thing is, it's extremely easy. The problem is that it seemed, at least at the time, I wasn't opposed to it because I thought it was way better than our current system. The problem is that it was very unpopular at the time. Uh, people were really not... I, th I think it was unpopular because people didn't ex know how to sell it or explain it, right? I, to me, it's the most realistic and e easiest. It's the it's evolutionary. And quite frankly, from a, from a, pro from a calculation perspective, it's not that difficult. Right. Uh, and from an economics perspective, here's here's how it would work. As you were talking about getting a sink earlier. Um, so first of all, because I'm against the proposal unless there is a minimum amount of magnitude distributed amongst all projects, because the I, I'll be right back. Remember, right. I address I, you address you're gonna have if you can find the thing I gave you on my calculation, I need it back because I can't find it. <laughs> so I don't want to have to recreate it. But I actually addressed that problem if you remember, right? So I created a floor where no project could get less than a certain floor, right? To address this, what I call the starvation issue, which is, I think, what you're talking about, right? So, sorry, I had to. Uh, there's a call. What, what were you saying, Jim? I said you're going to have to send that back to me if you've got it, because I can't find it, and I don't want to have to. Uh, read okay. it. But the bottom line is, I addressed that issue, which is the starvation issue, which yeah. establishes a minimum floor, right, where a project can't get less than a certain amount. Right. So th the reason for that, the reason that I think that has to be in there is because the the current result, the, the result of our current mechanism is really cool. It lets the, as Jim was describing earlier, it lets the small projects who aren't World Community Grid don't have the resources to go out there and, and uh, get in front of people's eyes. It, it incentivizes greedy people to crunch that project. And that's perfectly fine. The whole point of grid coin is get to get greedy people to do science in order to get their money that they so desire. Uh, <laughs> So if we're going to do weighted magnitude, and that's part of it, then what we could do is use Gridcoin to define the weighting mechanism. So if I wanted World Community Grid to be weighted more than Coalesce Conjecture, I would take 100,000 GRC and stake it behind World Community Grid in essentially a contract. And what that would do is produce a utility for Gridcoin. So a project could then buy Gridcoin, stake it behind a project in order to get a greater share of the magnitude. Uh, and, and there you go with a sink. So we could make a staking system for this to work. And I think it would make sense. It would be a way to see people's opinions based on the, their use of money. Yep. Is that possible? Is that what we're envisioning? Or is, are we envisioning something different? No, I, I think that's right. Um, I'm, not, I'm personally not opposed to that, but again, I mean, we've also changed a lot of the community in the last three years. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of change in mentalities because at the time it was just nobody wanted to like reward projects, give different amounts of different projects. I'm not opposed to it. Um, I, I did some math on it. I think there was some from a game theoretic perspective, kind of Nash equilibrium that was just about like. Um, I'm not opposed to it. It's definitely a lot easier than my current proposal. I, uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I did want to mention that my current proposal, one thing about it regarding what Jay Ringo was saying about uh, greedy people wanting to go crunch. Um, under my proposal, greedy people would be incentivized to crunch uh, projects on which their hardware is most efficient. Uh, and so in that sense, it's actually very, very, it's, it is the most energy efficient uh, option. That's actually um, true. Um, what would be their second incentive? Because let's assume it's it's most efficient on like two or three projects. Would they go to the most popular one? Would they go to the one they believe in or the least popular? No, what do you mean? Their, their incentive would be, as in you you have a piece of hardware, you get X amounts of Gridcoin for this project, Y amounts of coin for that project. You would just go for the one with the highest. Yeah, it wouldn't, yeah, have, any, it wouldn't have anything to do with how many people are crunching the project anymore. Okay. As long as, long as their work in is available, right? If you have work unit exhaustion, that's a whole other matter. But that that's a whitelisting issue in and of itself, right? Projects are not supposed to ex 
one of the one of the qualifications of a project being on the approved list, I should call it rather than the white list, is uh, is uh, is to uh, is that the projects have work units continuously available, right? So yep. Interesting, interesting discussion today. This is pretty, uh, pretty wide ranging and interesting. Yeah, I think next week we'll. Well, I won't be here next week. So the the week following, maybe we'll talk about other possible uh, sinks we can build for Gridcoin. Well, I, I think so because I think I think we got to start, and, and I think we got to start to put some meat on the bones, Jay Ringo, of your longer range idea around what what we're going to do in terms of science and publications because I think there's a lot of merit to that end of it. And it's nothing we've built out yet, but we need to start thinking about what the vision around that. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that next, or yeah, two weeks, in two weeks, two weeks, about sort of how we might see that that building out. And we'll, we'll maybe talk about the magnitude staking a little more too. Because I think a lot of the stuff I envision uh, deals with uh, staking coins behind something. So yep. uh, maybe someone has other ideas on how we can use Gridcoin to change the science system. Um, All right. One, one last thing before he cuts off the recording, just reminding everybody, Hilda's coming out soon. I mean, very soon, within the next few days, all things uh, go well. And then there's going to be a, a hard fork about two weeks after that, where the newbie bug hopefully is squashed once and for all. And then we can concentrate on bigger and better things. So uh, um, awesome. All right. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, two weeks, Friday, 3.30 p.m., Gridcoin Discord server. We're talking about some fun stuff, so join us. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks.